This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here where we record live on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Um, Good morning, guys. My name is Selena Hill. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And Miss is spelled M-S, of course. Because you're not married, right? Stop it. And (laughs) I just want to let you guys know if this is your first time tuning in, Let Your Voice Be Heard is where we talk about politics, social issues, and pop culture from a diverse perspective. And, of course, you are free to join into the conversation. We are live on Facebook right now. We're at facebook.com slash letyourvoicebeheard, so you can leave your comments there. You can tweet us at beheard underscore radio, and you can also call in at 212-650. Six nine zero three. Uh, you know, we were giving out that number last night. Um, yeah, Alyssa was. We had these gentlemen. They um, were manservants, but Jackie told us not to call them manservants because, like, I just didn't feel comfortable calling them. So we were servants. calling them the fellas or the gentlemen, but and, they weren't strippers. But they were really into our radio show. At least yeah. one of them. Yeah. He was like, "I'm totally going <laughs> to check it out." I can't remember his name, but shout out to him Man if he's Dingo watching. Yeah. Seriously, I think that was his name. Mendingo Phil, thank you for listening to the radio <laughs> show. Is that racist? No. <laughs> That's it's a name. I don't know. No, it's a porn name. Okay. I was but just it, checking. It, but it does derive from slavery. What do you yeah. know what what do you know about porn, Selena? Tell us. Nothing. She likes six nine. Mm, the rapper. This is true. This no, is true. Stanley, I'm glad you brought that up because and one topic of conversation last night was your fascination with fart porn. Remember you went through oh, that? Oh yeah, phase? we did talk about that wait, last wait, night. Wait. But I we don't even know who you are, so why don't you tell us who you are, and then I can tell you who we are, and then you can tell us about your fart porn face. That is fair. If you are listening to the show for the very first time, or even if this is the second time, my name is Stanley Fritz. What's going on, Facebook Live, Catherine? I appreciate you. You're always listening. And if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Snapchat, why I don't post that, at Dark Skin Swindle. And of course, Facebook, the place where I start race wars when I'm bored. Stanley Goodhair Fritz. And I am Alyssa Fuchs, and I'm your political and legal correspondent. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I, I-L-Y-S-S-A, F-U-C-H-S, if you're nasty. Um, or you can leave a comment on the Politically Preposterous fan page, which is facebook.com slash politically preposterous. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs or now on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs. By the way, guys, Selena is very tired, so let's go out of our way to make fun of her for being tired. Loser. (laughs) So let's talk about your fart porn (laughs) obsession for two seconds. (laughs) Remember, Stanley? So first of all, I'll talk to you, Facebook Live, because they're being judgmental. I don't (laughs) have an obsession with fart porn. You did. Yes, you did. I think fart porn is hilarious. And if you have not watched it, go to selenahill.com. Oh, my God. I hate you. First, okay, whatever. So we talked about that last night at Jackie's bachelorette party. Jackie couldn't be here because, like Alyssa mentioned, she's probably still celebrating. But we still have a great show. So today we're talking about um, how Kim K apparently has the president's ear. And it's led to the pardoning of a great grandmother who is black and who was um, sentenced to, like, 35 years in prison. Alice Yeah. Alice Marie Johnson, uh, simply for a nonviolent drug offense and money laundering. So she's out and free for the first time, but uh, like millions, hundreds of thousands of other black men and women are not. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk about um, today's the Puerto Rican Day Parade. We need to talk about that and what's going on in Puerto Rico. Shout out to everyone in that parade.
Um, I know the Cavs beat the Warriors. A lot of people are no, happy they about didn't. that. The Warriors Sorry, beat the Cavs. No, who who won? The Warriors. Sorry. <laughs> and I watched the final game too. Forgive me, guys. I'm a little. I'm still waking up. So yeah, we're gonna. And talk she didn't about even that. drink last night. I, by the way. Thank God. Like, li- like, okay, so I've been traveling over the week, and I just, I was, I spent a few days in Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte. I had an awesome time there. Um, Black Enterprise actually did a conference there, and I had an opportunity to actually ask T.I. what he would tell, what he would talk to President Trump about if he had 15 minutes. And you know what he said? He was like, I would just tell him goodbye. And then he went in to explain. So we had a um, great interview there. So shout out to T.I. and everyone else who was in Charlotte. Or just supports Black Enterprise in any way. Very nice, Lena. W- weren't you? <laughs> what? No, I was. I was actually prepping a song for the break, so I didn't hear anything you said, and I was trying to finesse it. It didn't work, good. though, did it? it would be great if one of my co-hosts could talk to me. Yeah, how about what? that? <laughs> We're talking to you. <laughs> Who said that to us? Who's talking crap on Facebook Live? But anyways, guys, I had a pretty eventful weekend of pretty much just taking care. And doing whatever Marilyn wanted. Oh, you were her manservant this weekend? You were her manservant. So get this. We went to um, a friend's like gathering on Friday and we're hanging out. And then one of the women there goes, oh, wow, you trained him so well. And Marilyn goes, thank you. And I'm like, I'm not trained. And they both <laughs> go, yes, you are at the same time. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Do you guys think I'm trained? No. I mean, trained for what? You're but a trained activist. You're real good at that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, as far as like, has Marilyn trained me to how to be a good boyfriend? Uh, I don't know. I don't that know. That means no. You hear that? <laughs> I am my own man. Silly, were you ever a bad boyfriend? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I've been a bad boyfriend okay, plenty of so, times. Well, I don't know. That's Maybe. easy to do. I was like, I don't know. I can't answer that one. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So anyways, guys, we do got to go on a break, right? I yes, we I do have to go on a break. Is the case. Yes, we are going on a break. Bazu just wanted to add. I also had a chance to speak to Remy Ma. Is also whatever. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So I had fun, but I'm back. Happy to be here and let your voice be heard. And I'm so happy that you guys are listening. Continue to chime in, leave us comments, call into the show. Let us know what you like, don't like, and what you want to talk about. But taking a quick break. But we'll be right back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. Y'all don't know the song about Morgan Ramsey, the little white kid that sang in a Walmart? The one that was yodeling? No, I don't yeah. Know about, I don't know about They that. made a song about him? That's his song. He got signed to Atlantic uh, Records. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. If I'm going to be famous for something, it's not going to be yodeling in Walmart. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Parliament. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. Jackie Cohen is not here because she's still partying at her batch mitzvah, or whatever you call it. Yeah, you got it right. I was not invited because I am a man sexist still you were invited yeah, I, I it was, was I it was, was invited. like you actually were is that yeah i was both gen every I was, gender was i was there. supposed to be a surprise guest actually really yeah but i couldn't go because you know marilyn was born this weekend so i gotta celebrate that priorities happy birthday babe <laughs> yeah so um let's talk about let's start off on a depressing note and talk about these <laughs> celebrity suicides okay <laughs> okay so like earlier People are depressed yes I mean, earlier in the week, what, Kate Spade committed suicide at, what, 50-something? Um, we know that she was a prominent fashion designer. She actually brought, like, Do you quirk. know that? Yes. <laughs> a quirk. Like, still, you. oh, my God, Stanley, I can't with you. You sound so confused about her. I don't. 
anyway, so yeah, so you know, Kate Spade, um, she committed suicide. Um, she had a daughter. Um, she was, I think, in the process of going through like a divorce, and she was found. Um, she hung herself in Manhattan in her apartment, and. Wow. It, it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, how did you guys react? I mean, look, it, it, it just goes to show you that it doesn't necessarily matter how much money you have. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you can have access to a lot of resources and a lot of material things, but that doesn't necessarily heroes, which mm. um, to me was, you know, more upsetting than the Kate Spade thing. And I know people had different yes. reactions depending on their relationships with those two celebrities. Um, especially for me with Anthony Bourdain, one, because I just considered him a hero, but two, he was just such an outspoken advocate for immigrants, the poor, working class people, um, Palestinians, mm -hmm. uh, among many other people, and tried to travel the world and show Americans how to be less scared of others. Um, so that really, really took me by surprise. Um, but it also, you know, speaks volumes about the fact that even if you're a celebrity and you have a lot of money and power and access to mental health treatment, uh, doesn't always mean that you get it or utilize it. And that also says that if you're poor and you don't have that kind of access, um, you know, we should keep in mind that two people kill themselves in New York City every single day. Mm. And the most the, the numbers show that the, most of those people are poor um, and come from low income communities. So, um, you know, reach out, check on your friends. Obviously, if you're struggling, you can always call Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Stanley? Yeah, check on your, your strong friends because, you know, sometimes, and when you, especially in this era now where it's so easy to, like, just say hi on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, we tend to not actually personally check in on the people that we care about and you never know what folks are going through which is really important and depression and, and some of these like mental health issues that folks are dealing with it's it's very easy to kind of crawl up into your own little hole and not reach out so we got to make sure we're reaching out to the people that we love and also don't uh, be afraid to ask for help yeah and more people than ever are committing suicide here in the united states there was a new cdc report showing that i think it spiked <clears throat> in the last few uh, uh decades by like 30 percent or something like that so yeah depression is a very real thing so is mental health including and like, the epidemic oh, yeah, yeah sure like, like three or four cab drivers have committed suicide over the last four months because mm. of just the, the the crippling debt that they're dealing with from getting from getting their yellow cabs, where they're forty thousand right. dollars in debt from having to get the medallions and pay for their cars, and they just can't they can't you know they can't sustain with this, and they have committed suicide. People don't just want to take their lives. There are circumstances circumstances that influence it, and there's some things that we can do to help to mitigate these like so much depression that's happening right now. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, so was, let's stick on depressing. Yo, did anyone watch Cavs Warriors yes. season four? I did. I did. Yo, I actually did, and I don't like basketball. Did you guys know LeBron James broke his hand at the end of game one? Because he punched a whiteboard. <laughs> so he was pretty much playing with a broken hand or a broken finger, something like that, for the last three games, and still averaged a triple double. And but they, they still lost. Yo, they, lost they got the swept. But, but who thought they were going to beat the Warriors Well, anyway? you know, not for nothing. Like, you can't just have a team that has, right. like, okay, I don't want to say they're all not good players. Obviously, you don't make it to the finals. Um, and I don't know if enough about basketball to speak on this. But from what I understand, LeBron's like, in theory, the best player. But, like, you have to, it's a team sport. It's a team it's not. This is not tennis, okay? <laughs> it's not golf. Um, you don't play it on your own. So if you have one person who's really, really good, but the other people on the team aren't playing so well, um, then you don't necessarily win because you cannot just win with one good player, um, just like in baseball and in hockey and in any other team sport. It, the one person can be really, really good, and they can help the team a lot, but it's still a 
team sport and there's no I in team. And now I well, sound like my he father. He actually had a pretty good team. Kevin Love is an all-star power forward who's averaged a double-double his entire career. He had a good team. It's just that... They got to work know, together. No, the Warriors are a super team. You have two former NBA MVPs on the team, not washed up people, players in their prime. Then you have two other players who, if they were on another team, they'd be the star of that team easily. You have a starting five that could easily be the starting five of any all-star team on the Eastern or the Western Conference. And then Steph Curry, who can shoot a three-pointer from here and make <laughs> it in, in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, come on. What do you expect? Well, I've been hearing, and, and I want to get your reaction to this in yeah. particular, Stanley, but a lot of people are saying that it's rigged and that there's a lot of politics behind the sport and it depends. Like, the champion is usually determined by, I guess, like something's going on in the back, like back rooms. No, that's is just that a, not true? That's just people who don't lotion their elbows talking that. <laughs> that just sounds like Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. You know, some con- Donald Trump conspiracy. <laughs> Speaking of Donald Trump, did anybody see this photo that's coming out of the G7 summit with him sitting there and like uh, Angela Merkel with like her hands on the desk, like leaning across the desk yes. and, and the, the prime leaders. minister? like of Japan like with his arms crossed and then I saw a meme of it and it was like Donald Trump in a high chair with a bowl of spaghetti turned upside down (laughs) on his head and it was like the greatest meme ever because it fits so perfectly so apparently Donald Trump is at this summit he has pissed off our allies he has proposed bringing our enemies back into the summit um, which I'm speaking of which is bringing Russia back into this G7 um, which they were by the way were kicked out when they annexed another country Crimea which is part of the Ukraine a couple of years back yeah. which is you know like let's not forget about that kind of thing um, and he called Justin Trudeau weak like he's really this is not how America acts in the world he came late he left early <laughs> yeah, of course he did they asked him if he would sign on to the joint statement he's talked about legalizing marijuana in the US this is yeah what? yeah your president is whack. <laughs> Serious. We went from a black president to a whack president. But what's Ooh, going that's good. on? I like that. Seriously. Well, also, um, what's going on with like, I'm hearing that we may have a war, like a trade war with Canada, like our closest and friendliest ally. Well, yeah, like, because Trump's the president's been, an idiot. Like Trump's been tweeting all morning calling Canada's um, president weak and like all this other nonsense. And I'm just like, but why picking on Canada? Like. Oh, you didn't hear because Canada set the White House on fire back in the 1800s. (laughs) So in case you guys don't know, Donald Trump has put on tariffs on Canada, steel tariffs on Canada, which would pretty much just like charge extra taxes for people who are buying steel or importing steel from Canada to the United States. This does not make Canada happy. And now they're threatening to put tariffs on us. So anything that we import from Canada, now we would have to pay more on. Justin Trudeau at the G8, G7 meeting said, if America does not change this, we will put these tariffs on them, whereas Trump then called him weak. When Justin Trudeau asked them why they were doing this, Trump said, because didn't you guys burn down the White House before? And that's a national security issue. Spoiler alert, Canada didn't burn down the White House. Those were English troops in the 1800s. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, look at what we're dealing with. Sometimes I just feel like you have to ignore him. And, but, you know, you can't because the next stop on this trip is Singapore, where he's meeting Kim yep. Jong on Tuesday. And going to get us all blown up, allegedly, well, or I, hopefully not. I, well, I thought the purpose of the meeting was to 
Get um, North Korea to eliminate their nuclear weapons. Okay, and <laughs> does anybody actually believe that North Korea is going to get rid of no. their nuclear weapons? Wait, no. let me break this down for you. We're going to spend 10 years and billions of dollars to the point of the fact that everybody in North Korea, except for the elites, are literally starving. Starving. Because all the money has been put into the nuclear program. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump is going to show up with his small hands. <laughs> and Kim Jong-un is just going to be like, yep, we're giving it up now. I know. Like, does anybody actually believe that's how it's going to work? And when Donald Trump was asked about whether he prepared for this, he's like, well, you know, I don't really need to prepare for it because I'm just so smart. No, he well, said he's going to feel it out. He said he can. Oh, he said he was like, you know, when you first meet someone and you can tell if you're going to like them within the first five seconds. Yeah. So <laughs> just one quick happy note that I want to say something very serious about this. I do want to shout out the people who are watching on Facebook Live and podcasts. If you're listening a couple of days after the show, thank you, too. But a special shout out to Catherine, Zach. Elaine, Oriana, Chrissy, we appreciate Danny, you Danny, we see you watching too. That's right, Let's Danny. Make sure you, you shout out my friends too. I didn't see them on here. Maybe they only show my friends. Maybe the, the friend list is segregated it by is, friends. It is, but, but we see you. Yeah, we definitely see you guys and leave comments and questions and curse words that we won't read out loud. But I do want to say something. We laugh and joke a lot about the Trump administration, mm-hmm. but and, and a lot of people don't understand why they should care about this because if your main priority is making sure you can pay your bills and get through the day what donald trump is doing does not really bother you if these if the european nations start to give us tariffs it's going to make things that we import into this country like whiskey and cheeses and pork and meat and other materials a lot more expensive and that's going to hit you in your pockets so instead of something as simple as bacon being three dollars which is way too much money already it's going to be six and instead of gasoline being $2, which it was when Obama was president, it's going to be 5 It's already 3 yeah, yeah, it's been going up. These these have real-life ben- like that problems, and a lot of people are going to suffer. And even when Trump is gone, it's going to take years to reverse all the damage he's done. Seriously. This is not something to laugh about. Hold on. Before we go on this quick break, I just want to break this down for people in even more terms that they understand. You like tequila? You really like tequila? That's going to get more expensive if we put (laughs) tariffs on Mexico. That's how it works. If we put tariffs, they put tariffs, and that's how a trade war essentially evolves in the most simplest terms. And then all of those things you like that come from other countries become more expensive to the point where you can't afford them, and especially low-income people can't afford them. And we're not just talking about tequila, although I use that as an example because people really like tequila, and it only comes from one place in the world, and that's Mexico. But 90% of the produce that we import into this country comes from South and Central America. So we're not just talking about liquor that you could be like, oh, well, I'm not going to buy tequila. We're talking about things like bananas, oranges, pineapples, although actually maybe not pineapples. Those come from Hawaii. But like lots and lots of produce that comes from South and Central America. Strawberries, blueberries, like everything you like to eat in your fruit salad that you're making this summer when you're not putting raisins in that potato salad. <laughs> you're not going to be able to afford that stuff. Dude, you, if I ever see raisins in your, in your potato salad, we will square up, Alyssa. I want to shout out Alyssa Danny Barnett. I don't, I don't, do, I don't do potato salad. Alyssa's too woke for that. Danny, it actually is very scary. Thank you for leaving that comment. We are in some interesting times, folks. It, it really is. And while this is all happening, in case you guys did not know, the Trump administration is currently trying to defund the Affordable Care Act and trying to help insurance companies increase premiums and remove requirements. So right now, insurance companies have to provide inhalers for people with asthma. It has to provide um, basic physicals still. They have to provide certain medicines. And the Trump administration just rolled out a plan that would remove those requirements. So you could go to the, to the doctor and your insurance has to cover nothing. Nothing. 
Horrible. And and I just wanted to just add before we go into a quick break, again, shout out to Puerto Rico. Um, we know that Hurricane Maria has devastated the forgotten island or colony, if you want to call it, if you will, uh, of Puerto Rico. And it's funny because um, someone actually tweeted, too bad Trump is traveling. It would have been great to see him ride the bounty paper towel float in the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Because, you know, when he was actually there, he was throwing paper towels into the crowd. And basically that is just um, it's just a symbol of how negligent and unremorseful this administration has been to Puerto Rico. That colony is still suffering a lot. And we definitely need to make sure we keep our eyes and ears and paying attention to what's going on. And right now, today is a Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York City. And, you know, I don't... I don't the, it's like the biggest parade in, like, the nation. I, I don't know if our sisters and brothers feel too excited about celebrating right now when uh, they're not prepared for the next hurricanes that yep. will surely come. And it, it is hurricane season. Yep. yep. But they got to keep the spirit alive. Yep. On this depressing note, we're going on a Sorry. break. And since we were this sad, we put on something happy for you. Something for you to cut up to, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know me. When the music starts playing, I start dancing. Word. It's yeah. like I'm still at the club. We- <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Alyssa. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, or the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and, of course, Selena Hill. And we are excited to be back on this show on another beautiful Sunday when we could be sleeping late, but we want to be here with you. If you're on Facebook Live, what's going on? And, Letty, I see you just clicked in. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on the podcast listening several days later, I appreciate you. Send me a tweet at Stan Fritz telling me how much of a loser Selena is. Or you can send us hate mail. <laughs> we get lots yeah, of that. We, you know what? Shout out to the haters because they continue to listen and support and give us feedback as well. So shout out to you guys. Word. And Jazzy, I see you tuning in as well. Thank you for that. But if you actually want to have a conversation about something, give us a call at 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. And shout out to Zachary who just left a comment on our Facebook Live saying Stanley Fritz for mayor. And no, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you. And um, Jazzy who says Viva Puerto Rico. Viva Puerto Rico. All right, guys. So it's time to shift gears. Did the news roundup feel a little down? Yes. It was a little down. Well, I got some slightly good news for you. So earlier this week, President Donald Trump decided to commute the sentence of Alice Johnson. Alice Johnson had already served 21 years of a life sentence after she was convicted on charges of conspiracy to possess cocaine and attempted possession of cocaine, according to the nonprofit Can Do, which advocates for clemency for nonviolent drug offenders. Alice was in in prison pretty much for 21 plus years for a nonviolent crime and she was picked up during the height of the war on drugs policy push when they were arresting black and brown people like hotcakes because hey blackity black black and also the crack is whack now when president obama was in office he had made some major strides in order to help reduce the number of incarcerated people locked up for nonviolent drug offenses including commuting the sentences of over 300 people alice johnson was one of the people that was on his table with her paperwork to have her information signed to be commuted. I am not sure why that did not happen, but people like Common, Van Jones, and activists on the ground have been fighting to get her free for years. Q. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, who, if you don't know, became famous for a sex tape and is really popular for having the bodies of black women and getting praised for it, even though black women are bashed for having the same bodies, and for also having a husband who is an Uncle Tom and also is bipolar, and for also being racially ignorant and always stealing things from black women, like their styles, their makeup 
their makeup preferences, and of course their fashion ideas. I'm not joking. She's been called out on Twitter three or four times for stealing it, these things. This woman, who should just be known as a culture vulture, actually did something good. I want to be very clear about that. Kim Kardashian did something good. She went to the White House and she advocated aggressively for Alice Johnson to President Trump. And we know President Trump is influenced by three things. One, Russia. Two, <laughs> his hatred for Obama. Money. And three, celebrities. Thank you. Four things and four, money. In this case, it was two things that pushed him to commute her sentence. One, Obama didn't do it, so Trump could have one up on him. And two, Kim Kardashian, despite being, despite not having a drop of talent in her body, is a celebrity. I'm like, what does she actually do? Anyways, that's another show. Yeah, it is another show, but you know, it is what it is. And I know I, I, I really want to be thankful to Kim Kardashian for what she did, but it's very hard not to slander her since she goes out of her way to quiet black women. But anyways, Kim Kardashian is trash. So Trump listened to her and he commuted that sentence and it kind of broke out this big argument amongst activists and regular folk and just people who have been paying attention to the Trump administration about whether this was a good thing and what this means, which is why we're having this conversation today because all of a sudden the criminal justice conversation in the United States is looking very funny. Since then, Donald Trump has commuted the sentences of actual criminals that support him, but he's also offered to commute the sentences of people that players who are kneeling in the NFL suggest to him. And then at the G7 summit, he suggested legalizing marijuana, which puts us in this weird state. Is this something and someone we should trust? Well, it's time to have that conversation. And if you want to join that conversation, give us a call at 212-650-6903 or tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. But if you're on Facebook Live, shoot your shot. We read comments. I want to start it off, though, with the panel in the room. So Trump commuted her sentence. Alyssa, you're the criminal justice expert in this space. What did you? How, what was your reaction when you found out about this? I actually was really happy when I found out about this um, for her, and I thought it was really great. But I also was sort of sad about it because it's just not enough. You know, it's like the Titanic runs into a little portion of the iceberg, but underneath the water, there's a huge, huge, huge iceberg, and that's sort of what <laughs> it felt like. Felt like in some way, which is there's so many other people in prison um, serving time for low-level, nonviolent drug offenses, um, and specifically in federal prison, because you know the president really only has the right to pardon and commute uh, the sentences of people who are serving federal sentences. It doesn't affect or concern state, local policy at all. And we'll talk about that a little later on in the show, um, and I just felt like, okay, that's really good, but it's one person and there's so many more people that deserve that. Um, and, you know, there's so few pardons and commutations that are really handed out. And what we really, really need is comprehensive sentencing reform, comprehensive criminal justice reform. And it's so, it's one of those things where it's like, on one hand, you want to be like, this is great. And I'm so happy for Alice Johnson and for her family um, and for every activist that's been fighting for her. But on the other hand, you have to ask yourself, what about everybody else? Yes, Lena, what about you? What was your reaction? That's a serious thing, Lisa. Yeah, so, I mean, President Trump has been a public bigot for decades, so, of course, him doing something that seems good on the surface leaves a lot of room for question and doubt, and that's something that we should definitely be doing. I mean, he's obsessed with celebrities and celebrity culture, so it's like you bring one of the biggest, most problematic celebrities into your circle, like Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, whatever, and it's like, 
okay, they get your ear and, you know, you do take action. So it's like, yes, I am very happy for Alice Marie Johnson, but I'm kind of like, why is this really happening? And then not too long after, like, President Trump's been saying, oh, thank you to Kanye West and Kim Kardashian because they're boosting my ratings amongst African-Americans and black people. And I'm like, is he just trying to, like, it feels like instead of, him trying to get just like photo ops with black people to make it seem like he's like down for the cause in some way. Now he's like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little something here. I'm gonna do a little something there just to win their votes, and it doesn't seem real or authentic. Or authentic. So that's how I feel. Thank you. I have a comment coming from Gregory and A. Smith. And make sure you listen to Greg's show, the underdog show that comes on from 12 to 2 p.m. Greg says, I don't trust Trump. He is turning pardons into celebrity apprentices. Two things can be true. Happy for Alice and sad for the lack of a bigger picture. It's a pain. So I do have another question for you folks and, and for people who are listening right now on Facebook Live as well. Does Kim Kardashian deserve credit or even props for her role? I know I've gotten a lot of flag for it on for, social for media. For what? I mean, what, hold on, but Stanley, what do you think about that? So you get I mean, slack for what? Because I said I gave I said Trump did the right thing for commuting her sentence, and I gave um, Kim Kardashian props. I don't trust Donald Trump. I definitely don't trust Kim Kardashian. Um, but some people are saying some of that anger towards Kim Kardashian is coming from a place of sexism, which is something <laughs> that I no seriously because seriously because you know. Even look at the New York Post headline when she went to the White House. It said Trump and the Rump, and the big joke has been she's replacing Melania. They had no one's actually looked at the merits of her being there Selena? because it's hard to take her seriously i mean at the same token she like kim kardashian she's great at marketing she, like she markets her body or whatever and like she uses that to her advantage and like sells like her body or whatever like she uses objectification to make money that's her brand. That's what she does. So when she hops on board to like a social issue or, or something that has like actual substance, it's like, what, Kim? You know what pardoning means? Well, you like know. you know what criminal justice reform? Like all of a sudden you're all about the movement? Like it, it's it's again, it's worthy to be questioned. It is a good thing and a good result that I applaud, but I'm I'm very hesitant and happy apprehensive to even call her like like a very strong ally. I think she needs to continue to do work in this movement for us to be like, okay, she's good. Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. Donald Trump loves celebrities. Even if you look at the other people that he has pardoned uh, or commuted their sentences over the past couple of uh, months or weeks, you have Joe Arpaio, right? You have Dinesh D'Souza. You have Scooter Libby. Um, so those are all big, high-profile people. And obviously, Donald Trump has this relationship with Kim Kardashian. Back in 2014, uh, he was asked about her and said that she's a nice person. She's really nice. I've known her for years. Um, and so, obviously, Kim Kardashian has access to Donald Trump that other people do not have. Yes, there was some activists invited to the White House, but it's not people like me, people like you, Stanley, uh, people like Tamika Mallory that are being invited to the White House for the most part. It is high-profile celebrities. And so in that sense, I think, you know, I'll take what I can get. Um, and that sort of loops back around. But I do have major concerns about it as well because there was also some sort of information that was coming out that Donald Trump may have said under the radar, like, 
oh, well, he's trying to get more black people to like him. And you know what? This is not the way you get more black people to like him. Number one, that is using black people as props. Um, just like trying to throw something out there with the Alice you know, Johnson thing without broader criminal justice reform. Um, and that also raises the question about the role of Congress, which is Donald Trump can't do this on his own. Um, and so if Donald Trump was really serious about doing criminal justice reform and reaching people of color, um, then he wouldn't just invite Kim Kardashian to the White House because she's got a famous black husband and they're involved in some kind of criminal justice thing. He would instead go to Congress and he would go to people on both sides of the aisle that are working on this issue and say, how can I help you to push legislation that will start to fix these problems. He has not done that. So actually he has. I'm going to get to that, but I want to make sure. go to Congress. I want to make sure I read. um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you said actually he has. No, he's proposed one piece of legislation that is different than what I am talking about. Got you. So I want to I want to go to that policy, but I also want to make sure we shout out our listeners. So Naledi just wanted to push back on Kim Kardashian again, and she said that Kim Kardashian backed the racist statement from Jeffree Star, who, for those of you who don't mm-hmm. know, is a big YouTube makeup artist who used to walk around the city calling black women the N-word and monkeys and harassing them. And when he got called out for it, Kim Kardashian came to his defense because she's trash, in case you guys are wondering. But now, Alyssa mentioned criminal justice reform, and she also mentioned the Trump administration doesn't usually invite the right kind of activists to these spaces to have these conversations. So I actually have a couple of friends who had visited the White House, who were invited to the White House. Some of them went, some of them did not. Actually, most of them did not go, but a few of them did. And it was to discuss a bill Mm. that the Trump administration was pushing. Um, It's called the Fresh Start Bill. I might be getting the name slightly wrong, but the bill would encourage um, incarcerated people to participate in more vocational and rehabilitative programs by letting them get earned time credits Um, The bill increases the amount of good time credits that um, incarcerated people can earn and incarcerated people who avoid a disciplinary record can can currently get credits of up to 47 days per year. And since the vocational and rehabilitative program that already exists in federal prisons has a huge wait list, the bill would authorize more funding. It doesn't actually do anything to, um, to, to reduce the number of incarcerated people, but it might make it easier for some folks to get out sooner. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I know, I know we're going to take a quick break. So um, before we do, though, I will say it's sort of a joke. Um, and I'll talk more about why I think that is the case after we come back from the break. Um, but the first thing that just stands out for me is this idea of staying out of trouble. When you're in prison, even if you try your hardest to stay out of trouble... Just like the police at any time can accuse you of doing something that you haven't done, COs can do the same thing. And so that's sort of counterproductive in some way. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue this conversation. Keep listening. This is WHCR 90.3 FM. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, thank you very much. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. If you've been listening, sorry, I was talking a little fast that last segment. I will try to slow down. We are talking about Donald Trump's new crusade on criminal justice reform, including his commuting the sentence of Alice Johnson. And when we went to break, we had just finished explaining what the Fresh Start bill would do. It's a criminal justice reform bill that the Trump administration has back um, Keith Ellison, Van Jones, and a couple of actual criminal justice policy organizations who feel like even though this does not actually address the issue of reducing incarceration, it could help it somehow. So I want to get some thoughts from you guys. Do you think that, A, this bill is worth looking into, and B, if we can even trust the administration to push forward good criminal justice reform policy? Selena? I mean, I think, you know, is it a positive first step in a good direction? 
Yes. Do we need to continue to pay attention so that we can hold the administration accountable and make sure that this is pushed through, it's passed and then properly executed? Of course. So it's going to be on us to make sure that what they said or what they're proposing is actually going to get done. But I think that if we look at the players in the administration, like even if you look at like attorney uh, uh, um, Jeff Sessions, right? Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Like so back when Obama had passed and signed the Fair Sentencing Act, and that reduced the 100 to 1 cocaine to crack sentencing disparity disparity to 18 to 1. It was Jeff Sessions who prevented the ratio from dropping down to 10 to 1. Should and it should be 1 to 1. It's right, the same It should job. be 1 to 1. So, like, you have people, like, they'll advocate on one hand, like, oh, yeah, this is great, this is great. But behind the scenes, they're the ones who are, like, who... who Honestly, in my opinion, they're not really trying to make a huge systematic difference. They'll take little baby steps just because it looks good and it like for optical measures. But really, they're not really trying to do anything. No, absolutely. And that's all it is. It's all about optics. It sort of goes back to what I'm saying before. He's trying to like throw something out there that he thinks that black people are going to be like, oh, my God, we love him now. And at the end of the day, you want to really know what's going on. There has been a report that just came out. It was done by the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University Law School. And it shows that... uh, Criminal justice reform is not a top priority for this administration. They put out these little subtle changes, yada, 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 but they have quietly rolled back Barack Obama's almost his entire criminal justice legacy. Um, all of those changes that he has tried to make. Um, in addition, they have obviously amped up immigration enforcement um, and made it more punitive. Whereas Barack Obama said, we're only going to go after people for immigration that have uh, very serious convictions or are very you know, serious criminals. Um, obviously, now you know that's not the case, and we don't have time to get into a full conversation about immigration, um, but that is part of the problem. And then if you look at the memo that was released by Jeff Sessions' office shortly after Trump got inaugurated it called for more uniform punishments higher man bringing back mandatory minimums uh, especially those convicted of drug crimes encouraging prosecutors to pursue the harshest charges you could pursue um, going back after people who are legally selling marijuana in places where it is legal those things fly in the face of doing comprehensive justice criminal justice reform you cannot on one hand say we want to do comprehensive justice reform and we're going to put out this whatever that First Step Act or whatever it's called, um, and at the same time uh, be saying, well, we're going to roll back all of the things that Barack Obama was doing uh, to reduce the number of people in prison, um, and we are going to now pursue the harshest sentences that we can pursue uh, for low-level or nonviolent drug offenders. So, like, those two things don't fit together. And as for this specific piece of legislation... Do I think any piece of legislation that is a step in the right direction should go forward? Yes, I do. Um, But I also think at some point we as liberals and Democrats need to put their foot down and say this is just not good enough. We need full reform. And it's not just immigration reform, uh, criminal justice reform that we need. It's immigration reform that we need also because all of these issues fit together. Um, And then, of course, there's the issue that I raised before we went to break about the fact that your good time credit could easily get screwed up because some CO is having a bad day and just feels like writing you up for something. And then poof, there goes all your good time credit. And so there's ways they could use this as both a carrot and a stick um, and in a punitive way. And so that concerns me as well. Um, So ultimately, I I just I just don't see 
I don't know. I don't trust the Trump administration. I don't see it as enough. And I do think that a true solution needs to start in Congress where Republicans and Democrats get together and they work on a bipartisan bill and they bring it to Donald Trump's desk and they sell it to him. Alyssa, I know you want to talk about some like more local ways that we can address like addressing issues in criminal justice reform. But I do want to get to a comment that Jazzy Robinson made on Facebook Live. So she's talking about the need to vote. She goes, we have to make sure that real reform is going to happen. And she feels like it's just lip service of criminal justice justice reform happening from the White House. I agree. And, you know, what they're really doing is just stripping away small pieces. And the only way folks can really make sure that something happens is to vote. By the way, Jazzy Robinson is running for state senate in Staten Island, by the way. I just want to throw that out there for you guys. Um... Naledi also says either that or they're the ones who want to take the full credit for the reform mm. because that's what Donald Trump does. He that's just point. me, 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 me all the time. Yeah. So here's my question. We keep on talking about criminal justice reform. Why are why are folks emphasizing putting a Band-Aid on a gash? Reform, you might reform the system, but this, the, the, the pieces in there that make it racist remain. Policy does not change the heart. Why aren't we trying to get rid of all jails and prisons? I mean, so are are you advocating for yeah. prison abolition? Yeah. No, Coach Stanley. Well, I just want to probe you a little bit on this because before I know that you were, you may have been against prison abolition. Why are you? When and how did your like mind change on that? So the the main reason is because a we have a we don't have a clear goal for why we're locking people up. And B, the goal that they tell us is not being met, but no one has any interest in actually doing anything about it because the prison industry is so profitable. It's a over $3 billion a year system that makes people that much money. So no, no one wants to change it. And the only way you can create a system that actually reforms and helps people is to destroy the one that we have now and restart and build something that is actually focused on people and not dollars or racism, which is why a big reason why the criminal justice industry grew in the first place. Because after the Civil War, after Reconstruction, they wanted to find ways to get more free labor from black people. And the easiest way to do that was by putting them in jails and in work camps. Well, so where do you put the the hardcore criminals, the rapists, the thieves, the robbers, the people who murder? Well, once again, we got to break down the whole thing and figure out. But the robbers. No, 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 I'm serious. But like if you're pushing for prison abolition, Uh, where do you put them? I don't know. I don't have an answer. So why are you pushing for something? Because I'm pushing for something because 90 like a big majority of the people who are in jails and prisons right now are not rapists and robbers and killers. They're jaywalkers and weed sellers and book back thieves. Well, I turnstile jumpers. I think that comes down to the issue is when we talk about prison abolition, we don't necessarily always mean that we should abolish all jails and that we should let all rapists and killers and murderers out. I think that that's how the right wing wants to frame it. But if we frame it correctly, what we are really saying is we don't think people should go to jail for low level nonviolent offenses. I don't think anybody within the quote unquote prison abolition movement thinks that um, there are very serious rapists then and child molesters that should just be let out on the streets. I think it is an acknowledgement that white supremacy has invaded um, and pervasively evaded our criminal justice system going all the way from the Civil War through Reconstruction, through the 1950s and through Jim Crow, through today and the new Jim Crow, where we use these low-level drug offenses, nonviolent things, things like open container offenses, littering, broken windows policing, in order to criminalize black people and brown people and keep them within the system. And so I think we need to be very clear when we're talking about prison abolition um, and, you know, there are people that are more radical than me that say, no, we should open up all jails and prisons, and I would disagree with that. Um, but I think that m- the majority of us that are talking about it, uh, and I think Stanley included in this, um, 
It's an acknowledgement that what we mean is to change the system so that white supremacy does not go through it and so that we, we fix it. And, um, and, on, and on top of that, not only do, you, you know, like obviously uh, racism has made these institutions extremely toxic and uh, disproportionately affects and hurts black and brown people. But if we're going to have these prison, prisons and, and jails, why not rehabilitate people? Why not invest in them so that if they are there, they can be educated and they can learn skills and trades and become productive members of society when they are released. I feel like what's been happening is the prison system is making a lot of money for private investors and donors, but yet they're extracting out resources that would actually help them, like allowing them to get their GED and allowing them to be educated. So if they're going to be there because they made one bad decision or they didn't have enough support growing up, give them that support. A lot of them are there because they have a mental illness. A lot of them are there because they suffered psychological trauma. Why aren't we going into these systems, talking to them, and rehabilitating them? No, absolutely. I just want to remind people, it's called the Department of Corrections, not the Department of Punishment. We're supposed to be helping people to correct their behavior and to rehabilitate them so that they do not recidivate. But that is not how our criminal justice system is used in this country. Stanley? So, guys, we are pretty much out of time. I want to give you a quick like 30 seconds to kind of like just wrap up like your final thoughts on this, Alyssa? I mean, my final thoughts on this is, look, you know, even with everything that Donald Trump could do and Kim K going to the White House and even if there was bipartisan criminal justice reform coming out of Congress, that would only deal with the federal issue. That would not deal with the majority of our criminal justice problem, which is at the local level and the state level. I want to remind people that all politics is local, uh, that the majority of changes that are going to be made to the criminal justice system have to happen from the ground level up, not from Congress and the president down. 90 plus percent of people who are currently incarcerated right now are incarcerated in state and local facilities. They are not incarcerated in federal prisons. And if we really want to work on this issue, we have to put a lot of pressure on our state and local officials. We have to vote for young progressives. We have to get rid of establishment candidates that are willing to work with Republicans, especially here in New York, that those changes have to happen in Albany. They have to happen in state capitals and state legislatures all over the country. They have to happen at the local level, at city council, at city hall. And we need to elect young progressives and support people who are going to make these changes at the local level because Donald Trump's not going to change everything. I would add to that we need to legalize marijuana because for decades on end in this war on drugs, it has been used to disproportionately incarcerate black and brown people for simply having like a, a bag of cannabis. So, hey, that would be a simple solution. And honestly, that's something that's extremely feasible and tangible. So let's do that. And on top of that, Zachary Miller left a comment on our Facebook live stream. He says we need to realize Lady Justice isn't truly blind. That is 100% accurate. When we understand the disparities and understand how racism works and white supremacy works in these systems, and we acknowledge that as a country, then we can finally start to work to reverse to reverse what has been happening in this country. And just one quick thing, we want to make sure we re-enfranchise um, all the formerly incarcerated people and people on probation and parole who do not have the right to vote. We need to make sure they have that. Jazzy Robinson said it best. We need to focus on local and state. Bail reform is not included in this year's state budget. In New York State, bail reform at the Governor Cuomo went and pretty much used Khalif Browder's brother as a prop to talk about how much he cared about black lives. Didn't do a damn thing on bail reform. We need bail reform in New York State. But we have to close this thing out. I just want to put down some of my own personal propaganda into this conversation when I have a minute or so to do it. Listen, the majority of people sitting in jails and prisons they're not rapists. 
They're not murderers. They're not they're not Hannibal Lecter. They're not. They're people who are poor, who have drug addiction, women who are who escaped or survived domestic violence. There are people who don't have homes, so it's easy to get three, you know, a, a cot and three meals in a jail or a prison. It's those kind of folks. They're there because they can't afford bail. They're there because a district attorney or a prosecutor pretty much squeezed them and said that we're going to lock you up for the rest of your life if you don't plea out. Those folks don't deserve to be in there. And this system has been built in a way to purposely hurt people of color every single time. The system does not need to be reformed. We need to blow the bad boy up and burn it to the ground and then salt the earth that it ever came alive on because what we have right now is not working. With that being said, guys, we do have to wrap this show up. And I want to throw it to Selena so she can tell you guys how you can keep in touch with us during the week when we're not on air. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for all of those comments, for tuning in and chiming in. We appreciate everyone who watched us via Facebook live stream, everyone who was uh, who was listening. And, you know, maybe you were just listening but and you still want to support us. Please do that on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash beheardradio. Your small donation will do will have a large impact by keeping us on air and helping to support us so that we can support the causes and the issues that you care about. On that note, I just want to say happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your days, guys, and keep the fight alive. When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go